Welcome to Running Poles. I'm Naren Angus. And I'm T. Statman. If Coach ever heard what we were actually thinking. Or drinking. We would definitely be running. Leave the bath in Stillwater. Carrie Everly just threw her first <laughs> career no-hitter. This is a hustle fight right here by Statman. And she gets in just under the tag. She drove that ball out deep to left center, and we've got a brand new ball game. Statman just not pulling the trigger on that. Looks like it could have been slightly low. And with two strikes, that's one you have to protect on. So everyone, we have Chelsea Suitos here, literally the most badass lady I've ever met in my life. Former Philippines national softball team member, University of Arizona softball alumni, six plus years of experience working at Nike Inc. at their world headquarters. And I had the absolute pleasure of seeing her projects and her thinking processes when I was there as an intern. Literally crazy, amazing. Um, she also has a ton of other contributions in the sports tech startup world and now, She's the co-founder of the Players Collective, where she works on branding and partnership. Welcome to Running Polls. <laughs> Thank you. This is probably the best experience I've ever had in running polls without having to actually run. So thanks. <laughs> well, maybe you'll say some things here that will, you know, theoretically make you run polls later. <laughs> probably. So Players Collective, we have a bunch of NLI, we've, I've been gone playing softball in Italy. So while I was kind of doing all that, the NLI stuff literally burst. Yeah. Crazy. Right. Insane. Floodgates just opened July 1st. Everybody at it. Yeah. And the players collective, they kind of just, at least I saw them pop up on social media. You guys are doing such awesome things. Can you go into what the players collective is doing? I know you guys are signing a lot of softball players. So we're, we're not specific to just softball. So I'll just bust that myth really quickly. Really our whole goal. And we kind of started talking about it was how do we level the playing field for all athletes? And so I'm only one of the co-founders. We also have Jamie Lopriz who played at Texas A&M, also a softball athlete. Um, she went on to get an MBA and PhD. She is incredibly talented and smart. And then you have Leslie Feldman who graduated and played softball at UCLA and has owned her own law firm for 10 plus years. So wow. you have these three women that have kind of come together all under the same vein with the fact that we've truly lived and experienced firsthand the disparities between men's and women's sports. And so my personal experience was I was working this dream job at Nike World Headquarters, but I still had to answer emails while trying to compete to punch my spot to Tokyo as an Olympian. And so I kept asking myself these questions of, if I just was a guy, you know, if I was a guy, this would not happen to me. And so what are we going to do about it? And so I'm one of those people that's, if you've got a great thought, let's just figure it out. Let's think through it and create a strategy and build it. And we knew that there was something really important here. So when we came together, it was all on the basis of we've lived these gender equalities through sports in general. So how do we then change the narrative and increase access and opportunities to other female athletes of all sports that are going through it? Because I think what we've seen right now is that there has been a huge wave of women's support. So you say back in 2017, um, that's really when companies were starting to realize, oh my gosh, women spend 51 cents on the dollar. 
oh my gosh, women represent more of the population than men. There's an opportunity to serve women better. And that's the exact thing that we're doing here. Now, are we agnostic to just women? No, but we do find ourselves in the niche athlete space where these athletes are so talented and they have opportunities to monetize, but they just don't know how to do it. So really where we come in is it's, it's multifaceted is one, um, we evaluate the athlete's brand. And that's their engagement, it's their reach, it's their authenticity. Um, and then from there, we do two twofold things depending on where they're at. So there's a scale of branding with these athletes. There are some that have already built their brand. They've got 80 plus thousand followers, they're highly engaged. And then you've got that middle tier, maybe 15,000 to 75,000 followers that are in the midst of building their brand, but they need more help. And then you've got that, that, that other tier of athletes on the other side of the spectrum, that need help. They don't even know where to start. So across where we look at with our athletes is we evaluate them for one, because that helps us understand what services and how much time they're going to need from us. So if you take these top tier athletes that have already built their following, now they're getting a ton of partnership deals. So what we do is, is we essentially negotiate, we review their contracts, we help give them the strategies that they need. And that's where my experience comes in having six years of corporate experience, you understand how to build a strategy. You understand how to think the same way that these big brands think and also draw parallels back between the brand and the athlete. So that's kind of what I help do um, just in, in a small part of the business. That's so cool. And were you developing Players Collective well before the NLI floodgates <laughs> kind of just <laughs> went open? It's a good, yes, we were. So when we first started thinking about this, we were partnering already with a few professional athletes and Olympians, because same thing, they should be able to focus on their craft the same way a professional male athlete is. They hire on an agent, they do whatever they need. The agent says, hey, I need you here and do this. And they just do it. Now on the female side of things, a lot of times these female athletes are trying to read through these contracts and the, the really, um, questionable language that is put in there that's not to the athlete's advantage. So we were working with a couple Olympians and professionals, and we just were like, wow, we really have an opportunity to help once NLI comes into effect. And at that point, it was on a state-by-state -state basis. So what was supposed to happen before the NCAA just basically said, okay, schools, it's on you, you figure it out. What was supposed to happen was legislation was supposed to be passed state-by-state. And it was going to start with the Floridas, the Georgia, more that like Southeast, Con Southeast Conference kind of states. Um, and then NCAA started realizing some of this stuff is going to happen that's going to create unequal recruiting opportunities. So if I am going to school at making it up UCLA and my state legislation won't come into effect till 2022, I'm not going to want to go there. So you can see how it can be a recruiting tool to these other states that are just going for it. And so that's when the NCAA essentially said, you know what, the onus and responsibility is on you as the institution, come up with your own compliance guidelines and monitor your athletes. More to come. <laughs> so, so then that was D-Day, that was July 1st, everything kind of opened up. And so from there, it was on us to say, you know, even though we're still working through some of the kinks of how we're going to work with athletes in the NCAA space, just to let them know we're here and to start building that trust as a resource, knowing that we can't help everybody, 
on a hands-on approach, but what we can do is create that educational content and awareness for those athletes to kind of come in as a self-service model. Wow. So you guys were thinking ahead, ready to provide services to these young women and athletes and yeah, I mean, you have to, that's like, you know, me T that's something that's always been on my mind. And at the core, I'm such a passion and purpose driven person that if I'm not, if, if I'm doing something that's not helping progress equality in certain spaces, then I don't feel like I'm doing my job because again, I have young nieces and nephews and I just want to be clear that disparities also happen on the men's side too. It's men and women and everybody, every situation's different. Um, but I would say I have nieces and nephews. I don't want them to go through the same, uh, disparities that I had to live coming out of college. Cause I remember my last game, it was, you're crying, holding your Jersey as if it's a piece of clothing from somebody that just died and you're not ready for it. And it's not your choice, but your choice at the time is go play pro and you can continue to do lessons. And at the time, at the time it's progressed now, but at the time you were making less than minimum wage if you just wanted to put it out there, or I could take this job at Nike. So what am I going to do? You know, my hands are kind of tied. So I figured if I take this job at Nike, I can learn other skills that can then help change the story and the narrative, you know, come five, 10, 15 years from now. And here I am six years later, and I feel like we're starting to do that. And I think you've done a really good job just seeing you build the softball, Nike softball and doing all that work there. It's, it's really changed. Even when there was a little transition between the softball gear, my senior year, like it made such a big difference in what we were wearing and all that. So now that you've given us all this amazing things that the player collective is doing, what are some, what are your best tips for a player that's creating their brand? We obviously have all these college athletes Um, that now we're like, oh, I need to create a a brand. I need to brand myself. Yeah. It's, it's a great question. I'm going to take a drink of my coffee first. That's what she's drinking. Everybody is a long one. Um, so I'll break it up into a few parts. The first thing is athletes. You need to understand that if you want to profit now, you have the ability to profit off your name, image, and likeness. You must own it. So before even building your brand and accepting anything, that's one thing we need to make clear because that is the number one issue we're seeing with athletes across the board is A, they're just trying to jump at anything and everything for sake of association because we are creatures of wanting to be associated. It goes back to our our primitive days where we feel safer in a tribe and in present day, we feel safer in our social communities if we are part of something else. That, that's just human fact. So athletes, number one thing, when building your brand, don't be a sellout, okay? This is so important because we want you to think in the long-term picture, which is really hard because there's so much excitement going on right now that you can profit off your name, image, and likeness. But you have to remember that your name, your image, your likeness is built upon the brand that you create. And the brand that you create, if you're just being, for lack of better terms, a sellout, and associating with anybody and everybody. That actually waters down your brand and isn't good for your brand. So I can say it another way and break it down into English is say, I'm dating this person over here, but they're dating a hundred other people, a thousand other people. Am I quality to them? Is that somebody I wanna be associated with? Probably not. So when you're seeing these other companies go out there and say, hey, we've got this person and we've got this person and we've got this person, 
and they're associated with us, you need to understand how does this impact my brand? And again, it's your brand at the end of the day. So your brand, your choice, but we just want you to be aware of the long-term implications of that. The second thing I would also say is you must be aware of what your compliance office and, and legislation is because every school is different. And we've seen a ton of different compliance uh, guidelines. It's different from a UCLA to an Oklahoma to a, a UW. So just because your friend is playing at another school and doing something else doesn't mean exactly you can do that. So one of the tips that we, we like to give is be the, be the best friend with your compliance officer, okay? Because they're gonna get bombarded. If you wanna get prioritized, have a good relationship and good rapport with them. Also understand what your compliance guidelines say, what you can, what you cannot do. And if you don't understand, get a lawyer, get an agent, get somebody that knows how to read contractual guidelines that can help break it down into English for you. The last thing would be when in doubt, submit it to compliance, okay? Don't sign, don't agree, don't do anything until you have approval from your compliance. Because what we have seen is, and what the athletes need to understand is, yes, you are an athlete. You can profit off your, off your name, image, and likeness, not your school's name, image, and likeness. So what I'm saying is, is there are some compliance guidelines and the majority of them that we have seen that say, if I am, I'm just going to keep using UCLA. If I am a UCLA athlete, that means UCLA has done a big job building their brand. UCLA has spent millions of dollars pouring into their brand to where it's known around the world. That's their logos as well. So if you want to profit, even if it's receiving a t-shirt or receiving cash for something and saying it's because you're a UCLA athlete and you didn't get that checked off by compliance, you can now jeopardize your eligibility. That could be a violation, which athletes don't understand. That's crazy. I'll say it another way. So for example, Nike, We've got a swoosh. It's trademarked. That's the key word here. It's trademarked, meaning Nike owns it. And for somebody else to use it, they need to get approval from Nike or else it's a counterfeit product, right? You can't just create the swoosh and then you profit off of it. So if you're over here with a Etsy business saying, hey, I'm creating t-shirts, you buy some cotton blank tee, you put a Nike swoosh on it, and then you say, just do it. You're violating Nike's policies. Does that make it probably makes more sense that way, right? Would you also say say that my name image likeness, I was in my jersey and it, I was on a commercial. Is that follow the same kind of it does? You need anytime you want to be shot in any of your school logos on a school property, anything that has to do with your school, including your uniform, you need to get that signed off first, or at least pass it through compliance and say. This is what the deal is saying, because sometimes if it's just a video for something, you don't know, maybe it could be approved, but we always want to caution our athletes err on the side of caution, get it approved because again, you don't own UCLA's logos and before you could do it whenever because you weren't profiting off of it. Remember? So it just was, it was good for the school's brand, good for your brand, but you weren't really getting anything. Now, if you're receiving something of value, it can be a t-shirt. It could be this pen. It could be a hundred thousand dollars. Anything that is added value to you that you can use needs to be run through compliance. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and these are the things too, that these athletes aren't understanding and what we're trying to do our best way of educating them on is um, I'll give an example, barstool athletics, you know, I'm not talking negatively about barstool. I'm just going to call it how I see it is barstool says we want to represent athletes. Okay. 
that is a term that that is loosely used that I would be really cautious about if I was barstool, because when you represent a lot of times you need to understand the contracts. By the way, if you're if you're telling them you want to be a barstool athlete and you give them a T-shirt, a T-shirt is something of value. So each one of these schools that are now these athletes that are in their school uniforms using a logo that didn't get it approved are now on their social media because they took a t-shirt in exchange, you could very well be violating your eligibility, which means your eligibility um, as your part of being a team player. So if you're the star running back or star pitcher or star, you name it, that could be an issue for your team down the road, not to mention the compliance issues because you don't own those trademarks and logos and you were using it for a benefit to yourself to receive a t-shirt. So, yeah, it's pretty insane. The other thing I just want to call out too is for athletes, when you're reading these contracts, if it says something regarding in perpetuity, in perpetuity, that means forever. So again, Yoke Gaming just did this. They said, hey, we'll give these athletes like 20 bucks, repost us. And part of the language of that contract was we own your name, we own your image, we own your likeness forever. By the way, we can do whatever we want with it. So if Yoke Gaming wants to be the new Madden and I'm a football player and I just did that for 20 bucks, you basically said you can do anything you want with my name, my image, my likeness for $20 and you can have it forever. So you can create a video game, you can sell it for billions of dollars and I will not see a cent, which then takes us back to O'Bannon and why name image and likeness is a thing. So we just really wanna caution these athletes. Not everything is doom and gloom, but you need to be careful, which is so important why these athletes need to have representation. They need to have an agent or a lawyer because there are some schools that don't allow you to have agents so you can have a lawyer. Somebody that knows how to read contracts is very important before you sign, before you agree. It was so scary because I feel like because the floodgates were just opened, nobody had time to process. The schools didn't have time to educate. And like Barstool was the first one that I saw pop up and along with a bunch of other organizations who were like, be our athlete. And there was just no, everyone was just coming up with something and the schools had no time to react. And all the student athletes already (laughs) just, Look, hundreds. It'll be probably, I'm guessing ballpark three to five years before NCAA and or schools can truly come down on these athletes with repercussions. And who knows if there'll be a backlog where afterwards they'll take away wins, national championships, games that these athletes played in, anything's on the table at this point. Um, But also the other thing is, look, build your brand, like think about it. And what separates us, Players Collective, from these other companies or social media accounts or whoever they are, is that we know we can't work with everybody and anybody. And actually we want it to be that way. Do you see Nike? Nike's one of the top trusted brands in the world, most iconic brands in the world. Do they sponsor every athlete? No. Does that suck for the athletes that aren't sponsored that wanted to? Probably yes, but there's a strategy to it. So for us, we would rather gain trust in our athletes because they're a representation of us. We would rather work with just a quality small amount over a quantity in the masses like other brands out there may be doing. Because if we can give them better service, we can also help them profit more off their name, image, and likeness and set them up with the tools that they need for long-term success. So we want to go deep with a few athletes instead of wide. 
And we know that there might be backlash. We know that there are athletes, there are already a ton of NCAA athletes saying, hey, can we work with you? And it's the hardest thing for us to say, we just can't take you on right now because it sucks to be rejected and that can cause negative feelings with these athletes. But we just want them to understand is that we have our athletes' best intent in mind. And so that said, we need to obsess our athletes. We need to be available to our athletes when they need us. And if we're signing thousands of them, that's the goal one day. We just, we're not there yet. So. So you talked a lot about building your brand and how do these athletes set themselves apart instead of just being your run of the mill collegiate athlete? Do they find a niche? Do they find something they're passionate about? How do they do that? Yeah, I love it. I think the number one thing is what sets you apart from everybody else? Because what people, what athletes need to realize is the economy is here. Brands, their dollar size is here. It's fixed. So they were already dealing with pro athletes, exhausting all their brand budgets. Now you're adding influencers, content creators to the mix, and now collegiate athletes. You have all these people vying for this pot of money that's fixed. Meaning you, again, back to point A, don't just be a sellout. So some of the tips that we give, the first one, I have to give a shout out to the team at Front Office Sports, Instagram and Facebook. Um, they have done an incredible job doing a, uh, a free marketing educational series. I believe it's like a six part series. You can find it on front office sports, Instagram also posted about it. And all you do is you sign up for it. It's all marketing essentials. So if you think about why this is important is you've got front office sports, who's leading everything in the news industry with sports. And then you've got, um, Instagram and Facebook who are the ones that are creating different tactics, reels, stories, Instagram live, Facebook live tools for you now to implement, to grow your engagement and reach. The more you grow your engagement and reach, the more followers you get, the more followers you get, the more partnerships you get, the more partnership. And you see how it's kind of a domino effect. So I would, I would do athlete marketing essentials. um, First and foremost, part of that too, it not only tells you like how you can do it, but it also tells you the security precaution. So for example, if you're verified on Instagram and you have the blue check mark, turn on your two-factor authentication. If you're going to bust your butt and try and profit off your name, image, and likeness, you need to own that. And if you don't have the two-factor authentication on, somebody else can come hack you, take all your followers, all your content, everything, and then you got to start over again. So again, more things athletes need to be aware about when they're building their brand. So marketing essentials, front office sports is one of them. The second thing is we like to do questionnaires. So anytime an athlete comes into the player's collective family and and we agree to partner together, what we do is we send them a questionnaire and it's everything from like, what's your story, uh, words to describe you. It's qualitative and quantitative because it helps us understand the athlete's identity. And why that's so important is because athletes for the longest time, and I struggled with this, is that your identity a lot of times is your sport. I'm Chelsea. I'm a softball player. No, you're not Chelsea. You're so much more than that. Like dig deeper. So I challenge the, all these NCAA athletes dig deeper. Who are you? What is your story? What is compelling about you? What is different about you? Also, what are things that you're passionate about? Are you passionate about women's equality, LGBTQIA plus communities? Are you passionate about pediatric cancer? Like what are these things? And then think about your authentic, your authenticity. That's a huge part in building your brand. People can smell BS these days. So be authentic. 
really be authentic. So part of that is when I wake up, we're athletes. I'd like to say a lot of us are creatures of habit or routine based. So for me, I use the same damn toothpaste, Crest Arctic White or Arctic Fresh. That's it. That I will use it forever. That's me. So when I'm thinking about brands I want to partner with, I know I'm a Crest loyalist. I will only partner with Crest. I won't do something with Colgate. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work for me. Think about the clothing brands you use. Think about the face wash you use. Think about the times when you are down and out. What are things you do to, to pick yourself back up? Are you a headspace person, a calm app person? Like think about, we call it your ecosystem, your entire, your entire ecosystem of living. What is that? What brands do you use? Start creating a list because from there, what you can do is create a content calendar based on that list that says on Fridays, I'm going to post about my hair routine coach in a way, Perez, we were talking about this. She's the head softball coach at UCLA. And we were talking about creating content for her because she has the best game day ponytail in all of collegiate sports. How do we link something that's so authentic to her to the brands that she loves for things that's already authentic to her? So these are the things that we start to think about uh, when you're starting to build your brand. So when it comes to companies that are offering free product, which happens all the time, they're like, Mm -hmm. here's some free product and here's a code and right put it out. How should athletes kind of look at that? Yes. Now there is a spectrum of athletes with uh, more social power and engaging power than others. Um, From building a brand standpoint, if you do want to be the best, we live in a world where transactional relationships are no more. So if you think about it, swipe up for a 20% off code, that's transactional. So people really back to the authenticity factor sell it. Why do you want to partner with this brand? Because if I authentically am partnering from it and not saying, Hey, I'm getting a a code and a little kickback on the back end, but like, Hey, I actually believe in this product that is going to speak more volumes to your brand in general. So again, like anytime you're doing anything transactional, just be aware of it because people get sick of those things. And actually the swipe up codes are, are not, we call it a conversion rate. So meaning out of a hundred people that get that, that view that swipe up code, less than 10 are going to swipe up on it. It's not the best conversion rate um, in tactics. So I just would be a little weary of that. Now, when it comes to free product, again, we urge you to pass that through compliance because every school's rules are different. So some schools say um, if it's a value of $100 and more, you need to report it. If it's under $100, you don't need to report it. Those are two different Pac-12 schools with different compliance things, okay? So that's why we need them to be uh, pretty clear about what it is they're accepting. Now, on the back end of it, if you are going to advertise it, know your value again at the end of the day. And a negotiating tactic that we like to use is, first off, do your homework across every... And we do one-pagers for our athletes. And so a lot of times the one-pager will look like, Here's a personality shot of them. Here's a shot of them like in their, in their sport or their game face, something a little more serious. So you see both sides. And then it's, you know, here's this athlete. Here's a few of their accomplishments. But again, if you truly want to build your brand outside of that sports space, you need to transcend sport. Meaning you need to be more than your softball player self, more than your gymnast self, more than your athlete self. And so when we do these one pagers, it shows their personality side, it shows their sport side. And then it also shows like, here are some of my accomplishments within sport. 
But also on top of that, here's some funny things about me. And so we'll insert like little funny quotes in there. And then we'll probably put a quote in there that the athlete said that really tugs at people's heartstrings and show that they care. Now on those one pagers, we put every social media handle they have. So if it's my one pager, it's an Instagram symbol and it says at C Sweetos and it says my following. And if I have a Twitter at Chelsea Sweetos, so the handle might be different at Chelsea Sweetos. Here's my followers. On YouTube, if any of the athletes are on YouTube or TikTok, video is everything, okay? So the first thing there is how many views do you have? Search your name on there and go through every video that you're showing up on in there to see how many exact views you may have. So there are some athletes that have accumulated over 3 million views that we have in our portfolio. That is powerful. In TikTok, not only is it your followers, but your views, because your views, I could have half a million followers, but 17 million views. That's huge because viewership is everything. So back to building your brand, a couple tidbits that we also like to say is um, if you've ever watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix, it was kind of creepy, but it's also very true. And it makes sense if you think about it. Okay, let's think about media from the very beginning. Media used to be a newspaper. You'd get it thrown on your doorstep and you'd choose if you wanted to watch it. Media was, is, was and is the news. It was a magazine, a tabloid. Now people are going less to those and then it turned to technology-based. So when social media came into play, Facebook, Instagram, you name it, now it's becoming a scroll. So if I'm on Instagram and it's mostly pictures-based, now you've seen that they've incorporated video. That's very intentional. So if I'm scrolling and I spend half a second on a picture, I double tap it. I scroll again, half a second, double tap. I think no more about it. I'm not going to save the picture. I don't care about the picture. It is what it is. I gave you your like, but videos are so powerful and important because a, they extend your engagement. What that means is people spend more seconds on it. The more people can spend more seconds on your video, the more brain thought process you have there the more you're getting them to think, oh my gosh, and engage more and go and click on other videos. So we just know it's a higher engagement tactic. On Instagram, if you use reels, it automatically can go find itself in the discover feed outside of the algorithm. So that's, we had an athlete and I said, just test, okay? I know you're a lot of pictures and some athletes don't feel comfortable in front of the camera. I'm like, do something that's authentically you. Let's just see what your engagement rates are. Over 30,000 views. Wow. Over a third of what she has following her, whether it, it probably came from the explore page as well, not just her organic followers, 30,000 views. Meaning if you want to build your brand, it's in video. And I'm not the most video person. I'm not the person that really wants to be behind the camera and have all lights on me. But if I'm an athlete and I want to build my brand, I want to think about doing it in an authentic way. So what that can look like for me as an athlete, let's say I'm the world's best hitter. And people want to know what I think about, Hey, here's my favorite top hand drills. Here's my thought process. As I get into the page, by the way, save this for later because your engagement metrics on Instagram, number one is if they can save it for later, because again, as we're talking about engagement in my world of e-commerce, it's repeat shoppers, it's subscriptions. So if we look at the, the fitness space and those creators, uh, that are making a ton of money on it, it's because they're creating content in videos. They're showing you, this is how I work out. They're also saying, by the way, save this for your arm day for later. So when you click that little save ribbon, 
you're going back every Monday when you want to go see that. So you're repeating that same video, increasing more views, more engagement, which is then populating that video to a higher feed. The second thing is when you're getting shares and comments. So if you're seeing people or if I want to be really engaging, I can say, hey, I'm having if for any of you that are having trouble on the change up, here's my three things. OK, I boom, boom, boom. By the way, save this for later. I do this two times a week, no matter what, when I'm in the cage, make sure you save this. By the way, share it with your friend that, you know, cannot hit a change up and also tag her in the comments below. You know what I mean? Or you could do call to actions. Those are huge. So if you say um, tag someone that also loves or appreciates equality or share with a friend that those are all call to actions, which again is creating more engagement beyond just the double tap like. So anybody that wants to create a brand, especially through social media, you need to increase engagement. And a lot of it is happening through video. Wow. That is really where the future is. I know you told me that. That's where the future. It's the future. I, I work with a um, with an outreach group for Jewish women, and they're all about the reels. And they were so excited when they got ten thousand views on a reel when we only have three thirty six hundred people following us. It's yeah. Insane. Well, and Instagram too is looking to potentially create. Um, essentially a payable outlet where if you're creating really good content, they can then pay you for it because what that benefits them on is it entices them to use Instagram over TikTok because they're getting incentivized for it. So these are all things it's, it's crazy, but this is why, and again, this is why I love just being a part of players collective so much as I'm strategy, strategy, branding, uh, partnerships. So being able to draw the parallels in a strategic fashion to get that athletes pay what they truly deserve and to be compensated because we also know that women are nice. So there are all those pay discussions, whether it's me doing it or whether I'm working in corporate America, women don't like to ask for the pay raise. So if you think about these athletes and not having any experience in negotiating these things, they're happy. They're just happy to be there. No, again, this is why you need somebody at the table for you. They can think strategically on behalf of the brand and play hardball for you, which is essentially what I come to do. Also, we have Leslie, who is on the legal side, which is critical when looking at um, content within um, the contracts. And then Jamie, who is everything brilliant. I mean, MBA, PhD. I don't think I need to say anymore. <laughs> She's just incredible. So. so now it's time for the kvetching corner. Welcome to the Kvetching Corner. I could kvetch about anything. What do you want me to kvetch about? <laughs> oh no. What do I have to complain about? Ah, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of this, this uh, question because I don't like to complain about things. Look, I'll voice my opinion on things and always be honest. Um, I just, I know everybody says, look, Beyonce has 24 hours in the day. I wish I had more hours in the day. And I wish I could sleep better because this stuff to me is so exciting that I can't sleep. Like it keeps me up at night and that's just how you know I care. Well, that's a lot of great stuff. We have Chelsea Sweetos here. You know, make sure that you share this uh, podcast with your friends, you know. Um, she has all the, the rundown on, you know, the best tips for, for branding and what just Players Collective is doing for athletes. How can people find you? Yeah, I love it. So. Our website is up and running and it's gonna to continue to build. So that's one thing I'll preface to the audience is, you know, be patient with us. We don't wanna be a cheap firework. 
we want to do it the right way um, and see the big picture. So it's www.playerscollective.com where there should be an E in collective. It's an X and that's intentional. It's symbolic. Um, and then you could also find us on Instagram and it's at Players Collective. Again, the E in collective is an X. So go ahead and follow us, share us with your friends and um, just keep in mind some of the educational content that we'll be putting out there. So thank you for having us. Of course. All right, shout out to Pit Vipers for our favorite. Those These are, are Stoke right. level, a thousand. <laughs> so amazing. <laughs> Their advertising is insane. It's Keep so those funny. retinas safe, y'all. <laughs> Give us a five-star rating and subscribe to the Running Pools podcast on your favorite podcasting service. Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and even Apple Podcasts. Woohoo! Please give us a five-star review and leave a little comment so we know that you're listening. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Running Pulse Pod and on our website at runningpulsepodcast.com.